let's welcome everybody out today to an episode. This is going to be episode 35 of Utah in the Weeds. My name is Chris Hollifield, and I am here with my co-host, Tim Pickett. How you doing, Tim? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, excited to have Kenyon Snow, yeah. uh, a patient, a Utah cannabis patient on the podcast today. Uh, Kenyon has a pretty interesting uh, history. Right, Kenyon? Yes, yes, I do. Definitely an interesting medical history for sure. Right, you've been cut open a couple of times. Yeah, just a few times. <laughs> well, what's the story? What's uh, I mean, where should we start with this, Tim? Like uh, how he got introduced to cannabis or his medical history or what? That's a good question. You know, Kenyon and I have actually known each other for almost virtually, mm-hmm. right? For six, seven, eight months now. Yeah, right? I was looking back March. over our text threads. And we almost work together. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what's the story there? What happened? Um, I, tell us about that. Yeah. So I actually, uh, right, like, so did the interview, all that stuff with you. Everything was great. And I was set to start working. And then my doctor gave me the word that, hey, we've got to go in and do another surgery. You're going to be out for another month or so. And then that one, when I was like, oh, dang it, I just accepted this new position and I was excited to start working because I got my card from you guys and you guys were awesome and I was super stoked. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do surgery. And then COVID hit really hard and then they ended up pushing it off. But during that month, I was waiting to like for them to basically give me the green light and they never did. They kind of just left me hanging. So, oh, really? So, yeah. tell us about your health. Like, yeah. what's your, what's your, uh, this is really, I think this is interesting for people. For sure. Um, you know, we interview a bunch of different types of people, different parts of the cannabis culture in Utah. Mm-hmm. And we always come back to patients and patient stories yeah. because it's important to bring people together on like what cannabis is actually being used for. And I think it legitimizes the, the the use of this plant as medicine to hear real stories. Tell us about like how did this all start? Tell us about your health. Yeah, so um, I uh, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2014, and at the time it was uh, I got diagnosed with what my doctor said was basically the worst case he had ever seen, and so I they started put me on you know immunosuppressants like Humira and stuff like that. Uh, and it was, I was okay for a couple years. And then in 2016, when I got married, I actually had a really bad flare up on the day that we got married. And my doctor had me on a bunch of steroids trying to keep me level. So I wasn't going off the charts and all that stuff. And when my wife and I got back from our honeymoon, he ended up doing another colonoscopy, did a biopsy and was like, it's, it's getting pretty bad. So at that point they put me on a drug called Remicade which is um, it's a very strong immunosuppressant to try and get everything to kind of calm down. I was on that for a couple months. And then in February of 17, they did another colonoscopy. They did a biopsy and said that it was precancerous and my body wasn't responding to the medication. So the only option at that point was to get my colon removed, which I did in March of 2017. And then in June, July of 2017, I got my rectum removed. So yeah. Okay, let's. I want this. There's, there's a lot. A there's there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> because let me explain a couple of things to listeners. When you talk about getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, 
you know, there's different variations. There's different mm-hmm. levels of ulcerative colitis, right? Yeah. So when you say, okay, I went on some steroids. Well, usually mm-hmm. we put people on prednisone. Yep. Usually we put people on 60 milligrams a day. Your face puffs up. Yep. With, you retain a lot of water. You stay up all night for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Some people get, some people have some pretty bad psychoactive like responses to the steroids. I see you're nodding your head. Oh, yeah. Right. I- then. I actually that, almost really broke up with flares, my wife right? on prednisone. Really? Yeah. yeah we, okay. we were engaged and I almost called it off when I was on prednisone because it just gave me such bad paranoia. Okay. So prednisone super strong. Then, then we talk about Humira. Humira is a drug that you inject every week. You have to keep it refrigerated. It's, a, it's hella expensive, and right? Very you've painful. got to get, and yep. And every week you've got to get this and that's expensive. Then you talk about a drug called Remicade. And Remicade, you have to get a different approval for, and that's mm-hmm. a once a month IV infusion mm-hmm. that you have to go and get. So this is not like, hey, I have this little thing called ulcerative colitis. This is legit serious disease. Then you say you got your colon removed in se- in 2017? Yeah. And then you had low disease, right? So Yeah, it was pancolitis. Really pancolitis, which yep. is all the way through the whole large intestine. Yep. And clear into the large intestine ends at the pelvis mm-hmm. and goes into the rectum, like technically in the anatomy. And then you had to have that removed too. Yep. So you had what's called the total abdominal colectomy and proctectomy. Yep. For the, this is the reason why I, like I go into this is this is a lot of what we did. Right. I worked in general and GI surgery for six years. Oh, nice. So we did. We did not do the too many of the the proctectomies, mm-hmm. but a lot of the total abdominal colectomy. And so you have a ileostomy, yeah, which is a, a bag that's from the small intestine mm-hmm. on the on the right side. Yeah, it's actually um, it's actually now on my left side. I had a revision done in 2018 to revise my stoma, which is the piece of your small intestine that sticks out of your abdomen. And from that revision surgery, I developed necrotizing fasciitis, which if you're not familiar, it's a flesh-eating bacteria. And they, two weeks after that surgery, they had to go in, incise basically a baseball size area for my abdomen and move my stoma to the left side of my body. Wow. Okay. By the way, that surgery is misery because from both sides, the people who are doing it and the people who are getting it. Yeah. Because there's nothing but scar tissue in there and just it is what they call a hostile abdomen. Yep. Right? Yep. So then, then, you, and then what yeah. did you have on this year? Um this year I had um I had a a hernia right next to my stoma. Uh-huh. Um and they wanted to go in and operate because it looked like it had become uh strangulated, which means that it's starting to lose blood flow. And they went in, did a CT. It looked like it was strangulated and they were kind of just waiting for my uh, colorectal surgeon up in Salt Lake to review my records, review everything and basically give me the go ahead. And so for a month there, they had me on just straight up oxycodone, which was a nightmare and I hate that stuff. And uh, then they, at the last second, he just decided that because of my past history, and because of COVID, he just said that we're not going to do it until it gets really, really bad. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Bring this all back to cannabis. So um, how'd you start? Where, I mean, like, how'd you get involved in like using cannabis? 
So it's kind of a it's kind of a funny story. My brother-in-law, he lives down in Arizona. He got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis also, and he had to have his colon removed as well. And uh, down in Arizona at the time, cannabis was you know medically legal, and so he tried it. It had helped him a lot, especially when it came to uh, like nerve pain and stuff. Cause that's the thing that him and I suffer from the most is just from being cut open so many times that we just have so much scar tissue and we have so much, just, just pain from all of that. And so I asked him about it because back in March, when everything kind of started to open up as far as pharmacies and all that, my dad and I, and my uncle went down to Arizona for spring training for baseball. And, uh, I got down there and, you know, I was talking to my brother-in-law asking him how he liked it and all that stuff, how it helped him. And, and our, on our way back, we stopped in Las Vegas and I tried a little bit. Um, I got like a little vape pen, tried it. And it, it honestly, like I hadn't been that pain-free without opioids since before I was diagnosed back in 2014. Was that the first time you ever used cannabis? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. That, was, this, just, that was the I first mean, time. This is news. This is news to me. So like, yeah. okay. So when is this? So this was back, this was literally the day back in March when everything got shut down. So this was March, what, 14th or 15th? Yeah. The day the world ended. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were, I mean, like, remember my calendar going from just booked solid, all these events, kids events. And then Thursday, I think the world ended on Thursday and by the, or like Wednesday. It was like right around St. Patrick's day there. St. Patrick's Day, I think it was. Yeah, it was a little yes. bit. It was like the week before. Yeah. Yes, and then all of a sudden, within literally three days, my entire calendar was empty. Yeah. We just you're just going through a racing shit. Just yeah, yeah. It and this insane. is the first time. Oh, okay. So then you immediately come see me. Yeah. So what was what was kind of cool was. Uh, so when I got back, obviously I had to have the whole, you know, discussion with my wife and make sure she was cool with it. And at first, you know, she was pretty apprehensive because I mean, anybody that's not familiar with cannabis is obviously going to be a little bit worried about it because of what we've been told about it our whole lives. And, you know, especially my parents and stuff have been told their whole lives that marijuana is a, a gateway drug and it's evil and it's, you know, all this stuff. And it's, which is just simply not true. Anybody that, that, uses cannabis knows that that's just, it's not true. And then, um, just by happenstance, I think you were like one of the only QMPs in the state at that time. Yeah, this was, I mean, pretty early on, right. We were, we were kind of the only people on the map. Yeah. I was actually in Arizona. It was the day that they canceled the MLB season. They canceled the season. And that night I found your guys' site, called you guys, set up an appointment and I remember uh, one of your receptionists was kind of like, yeah, we might have to do it virtually just because, you know, all this uh, coronavirus stuff that's happening, but we'll, we'll keep me on the schedule and we'll figure it out from there. And, you know, little did right. we know how everything was going to play out from there. Sure. I mean, that was back when we were doing visits on the, so we would have people come in in their car mm-hmm. and we would do most of the visit by the phone. Yeah, and then we would go out to their car with a mask, gloves, and the and the credit card machine, and take payments. Yep, because it was just crazy, and people needed their like they needed access, but we needed this face to face thing. Right, and yeah, I'm kind of glad that we don't have to do that anymore. We didn't have any furniture in the office at the time either. Right, so nobody. I mean, I guess in that in that regard, it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> well, there wasn't anywhere to sit for you anyway. Right. 
So what are you using now? Uh, you know, like what helps the most? You were using vape carts before. And if you didn't grow up using flour, is the right. is flour something you still stay away from? No. So I actually, um, flour is actually what I prefer. I just feel like it, it kind of helps the most and it's the easiest to kind of gauge how much of a dose that I want. Uh, and not only that, I back, I think it was like a year or so ago where there were all those people dying of like popcorn lung with all those counterfeit vape cartridges. Yep. That kind of just kind of sticks in my brain where every now and then when I get a vape cartridge, I'm just kind of like, I know this is from the state and I know it's medical. I know it's tested and all that stuff, but it's still kind of in the back of my mind. What, uh, what's your favorite flower so far? Ooh. Are you only buying, look, you know, flowers, not that available or it wasn't right. in the summer. So we, people get it from wherever they can get it from. Right. Are you typically buying flower from the, from the, uh, the pharmacies? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I've gotten it so far. And I on kind of lucked out, uh, as a whole getting flour. I mean, I know, like, like you said, when the pharmacies first opened up, there was no flour and any flour that was available got bought up right away. So when I started out, I just did vape cartridges, you know, Zion pharmaceuticals, once they started releasing their products, I started buying their stuff up. And it's in, in my, in my opinion, they, so far what I've tried, their stuff is by far the best. They came out with they came out with a flower strain in the summer called uh, pink or no yeah pink starburst, pink starburst petrol petrol yeah oh man oh yeah mm-hmm. that's where it's at right there Chris weren't we at the weren't we at the tent city when yeah. they were drying that stuff I think so I think and so it's funny that I mean it really does smell like pink starburst. It's the it's weirdest insane. thing. It's insane. When I brought it home, and I, you know, my wife's kind of funny about it. She, she, she's obviously not, you know, that into cannabis and stuff, so she thinks it all smells the same. And uh, I, I brought that home, opened the jar up, and she honestly, honestly thought that I had a bag of just Starburst. And then she turned over and she's like, "Oh, it's the marijuana that you just bought." I'm like, "Yes, yeah, smell it. It literally smells just like a pink Starburst." I know. And then, and then you, then of course you get that little skunky. Yeah. After, yeah, afterwards. But that's yeah. uh. So, do you have a vaporizer? Are you? Yeah, I, I do you, have a you've vaporizer. Done you've you've played around with like smoking, and we're getting really into personal stuff. And if no, you want good. any of this, you know, I don't have any issues talking about it. It's just interesting because. I didn't know that you, I cut, well, I didn't remember yeah. um, that you didn't have any experience before you got to me. Right. So, yeah. you know, somebody who's from here, who has a spouse that, you know, doesn't use cannabis, who is introduced to it, maybe out of state in this store mm-hmm. you have, and then they get it and you're using inhaled, mm-hmm. you go, you know, you start feeling pretty comfortable with flour. This is the kind of thing I think people are, people miss that this is, it it really helps. I know that's been, but you I mean, have to allow yourself the, the ability to explore it and to experiment with it. Right. What was that yeah. like that discussion with your wife? Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the easiest thing, you know, I mean, cannabis even now is still kind of a taboo subject and it's bringing it up to her at first, you know, both of us, you know, we're LDS and, you know, she had an issue with it because, I mean, she had the misconception as do, I think a lot of people that the church was completely against it. And, you know, I, I showed her all of these things and I showed her that even in church doctrine that they've come out and said, no, as long as you have a medical card, like it's completely fine. There's no problem with it. So at that point she felt a lot more comfortable about it. And then 
that's when I started my, uh, my Instagram account, just trying to educate people who were, you know, unfamiliar and people that I knew that had either had, you know, inflammatory bowel diseases or that would benefit from cannabis, just trying to show them that, Hey, this isn't what you think it is. It's a safe alternative to what's out there, especially when it comes to pain relief. So are, are you currently taking any drugs, any other drugs then, or is it all cannabis that you're using now? Yeah. So I have, I'm on um, just a daily antidepressant, but other than that, I've gotten off of everything. That is so right. awesome. Yeah. So an antidepressants work on a different, they're more serotonin yeah. and, and not as, not dopamine. Dopamine mm-hmm. is, is cannabis and uh, serotonin is actually psilocybin when we get into natural medicine, but mm-hmm kind of a different, a different synapse there. Yeah, so yeah. go ahead, Chris. Oh, I, well, I was just wondering, you were talking about how your LDS and mm-hmm. your wife was hesitant. I mean, you're in Utah County, right? Like, right. Which I've been under, you were saying, Tim, the percentage wise of people that of patients in Utah County is incredible. And I was just wondering, I mean, obviously it's not something you go around and tell everybody that you're a patient, but I was wondering if you get any kind of uh, issues in Utah County being a, a, a medical cannabis user? No, I mean, I think for the most part, um, especially like close friends and family, they, they knew my medical history and they knew the things that I had experienced. And, you know, another thing is I was, I was completely addicted to pain medication, opioids for almost two years. It got to the point where I almost checked into rehab because I couldn't, I just couldn't get off them. It was the worst. And so the people that had known about that, they were really cool about it, but they're, you know, when, when I talked to people at work about it, there was actually a guy that I was talking to today at work. Um, I just found out that he's a medical patient as well. Him and I were talking about it and you know, it's, it's just, you, you get that kind of that first kind of funny look where they're kind of like, Oh, okay. You use medical cannabis. And then they kind of give you the the side eye, like, is it for a legit reason or did you fake your way getting it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think the biggest thing is just trying to get that stigma to go away that people, if you tell people like, yeah, I have a medical cannabis card. They're like, Oh, okay, cool. Right on. Yeah. Right. Like it there, you hope, I guess one day that this isn't, you don't get that side. Yeah. That right. side look. Yeah. That is like, eh, you know, sure. Yeah. And, and of course, I mean, we see a lot of, <clears throat> there's plenty of people that come in and say the right stuff and have the right yeah. records. There's, but there's also a reason there's, a, there's a reason to use cannabis in the morning, in the middle of the day, in the afternoon, everybody has different pain, different, different situations. Yep. And there's always gonna, a reason. <laughs> there, there's always a reason. Right? Yeah. What's that? Uh, there's like some poster, you know, we use Indica to sleep. We use mm-hmm. Sativa to get shit done. Yep. <laughs> uh, so in your condition too, mm-hmm. opioids are even worse because mm-hmm. for you, you've got all this abdominal scar tissue. Opioids are going to slow your, your bowel function down to a crawl Make yep. you make you constipated. Mm-hmm. Besides, lo- you lose your appetite. Yep. And this just seems better. Have you found that oral versus inhaled methods are one is better than the other? Um, I think that obviously, you know, for people who aren't aware that inhaling it it takes effect a lot quicker than if you were to do, you know, ingested. But then there's kind of a trade off, right? Inhaled usually wears off pretty quick, and then if you ingest it, it'll last a lot longer. So it kind of depends. I mean, I've got, I've got 
flour. I've got vape cartridges. I've got gummies. I've got tinctures. So I kind of just depending on what I need. Um, if I'm in a lot of pain, especially at nighttime, then I'll, I'll take a gummy cause I know it'll, it'll last all day. And then come morning when I wake up, then I'm feeling good. Do you find that you use it for like nausea or like your appetite too? Oh yeah. Yeah. If I, you know, every now and then I'll kind of get these, these bouts of nausea, um, that are kind of just unexplained. And part of it is just because my GI tract is so messed up. Um, and when that happens, um, I actually just got a new vape cartridge from Desert Wellness here in Provo, Maui Wowie, which if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. Classic strain. Oh yeah. And it, it, it the taste of it is just perfection. And it's, I, uh, I was actually really sick, nauseous a couple days ago, took a couple of puffs from that and I was feeling fine and it wasn't, and you know, the high that I got from it, it wasn't anything where I felt like I couldn't function. It wasn't like, you know, I, I, I honestly, I didn't even feel any different. It was just that the nausea went away and I could focus on what I was trying to get done that day. Cool. Yeah. Maui, Maui. do you remember the brand who makes it? I think it was, I think it was Dragonfly that bought, that made it. That made it? Yeah. I think Deseret isn't, that they don't have a grow license. So they were buying I don't think so. from, from places. Yeah. We talked to them today um, and Chris and I are going to do a live, uh, a live stream with them and a podcast coming up. Nice. In a couple of weeks. Don't miss out. Yeah. They're good guys. I actually talked to the, uh, the owner of Dragonfly um, a couple times when I went up there and he's, he's a solid dude. I like him a lot. Was that tough in the beginning to drive all the way up to Salt Lake city and then say, be told there's nothing available? Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a time there that anytime you'd go to a pharmacy, it wasn't available. You couldn't look online. Right. So you just, you just kind of winged it. Yeah. I mean, there were, you know, at the start when Dragonfly first opened up, it was kind of a luck of the draw thing. You know, you'd go there and it takes me, you know, 45, 50 minutes to drive up there. And I'm hoping the whole way there that they have what I want. And there were a couple of times that they just didn't. And then at the start of summer, they started doing like online order. So you could like basically order what you wanted. Then they would hold it for you at the store. And that was how I was able to get most of my products until Deseret opened up down here. But yeah, yeah having, having a pharmacy close to home, especially that it's just down the road for me is so nice. Do you feel like you you use you your use has increased over time? Do you feel like you're you're kind of finding some stability mm-hmm. in your dosing now that you're getting the hang of it? Yeah, I think like at the beginning I I was definitely, you know, I started really low because I wanted to make sure that my body would would tolerate it okay and to see different medicate or I mean different dosages to see how they would affect me and whatnot. And then I kinda it was almost like a roller coaster where I started to use it more. And then now it's kind of on a more as an as needed basis. I don't, you know, I don't use it every day. I'll use it a few times a week, but now, now that I've, especially now that it's taken me, you know, as you said earlier, kind of experimenting to see what works best for you. Once you figure that out, that's the key. And then you're able to figure out, oh, okay, I'm feeling this. This is what I need to take to fix it. So this is a good point. And I think the other thing that people misunderstand is that once you get into cannabis, I think there's this perception that you're going to have to use it all the time or that you're going to, your dosing is going to increase. And yes, there are certainly in the States where people have had legal cannabis use for a while, we see THC creep, right? Where people are using more and more over time. And that's, that's a thing that can be, it can be a thing. And like you said, Kenyon, the, 
you know, you take a while to get used to the dosing. And so, and then it's, I don't know, I think it's kind of exciting to be in charge of your own healthcare and your own like dosing regimen. And this experimentation, I think people find some sense of power in their own helping their own health. Yeah. And so there's a time when you might use it more and potentially even more than you need it. But now, you know, that kind of goes away. Yeah. And you get off of other medications and you start to really just feel better overall. And you have this sense of empowerment of your own health. And then I, I think that it's, it's not uncommon to start to reduce your use because, you know, now you know what it makes you feel like, you know what you need, you're mm-hmm. already feeling better baseline. Yeah. And so you have these options in the, in the toolbox right. or in the medicine cabinet, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you can kind of use what you need. Like you say, use a gummy here and there. Yeah. And like we talk about sometimes, Chris, uh, you know, the afternoon you're doing a creative project and, you know, you you know that, hey, the Maui Wowie was this sensation, right? It, it right. was this head change that worked really well for that. Right. It's going to get those juices going. Right. It's in my, right. It's in my, it's in the toolbox. Yep. Yeah. Right. I need a three eighths wrench. exactly i mean that's and that's the thing too is you know we've had you know how many uh, you know how many decades of uh, pharmaceutical companies being able to to get their dosage just right and to be able to chemically alter it the way they want to well cannabis hasn't had that luxury right it's been basically illegal across the country since the 30s and, you know, even people that wanted to study it had to go through all of these hoops to just to just even study the effects of it. And now that it's been legalized in so many states and hopefully federally, that we're starting to see all of these benefits and all of these different studies that are coming out showing how effective it can be. And, you know, just it's going to take time for us to catch up to where pharmaceutical companies are at now. What uh, what are your thoughts on recreational use, like recreational That's a good question. Use? That's a good, that's honestly, that's normally whenever I tell people that aren't uh, used to cannabis, that I have a medical card, that that's usually like one of the first questions that they ask about recreational. To me, recreational use, I don't see an issue with it. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of the same thing as alcohol, right? Like if you use it responsibly, what's the harm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I think especially the way, at least in Utah, the, the qualifying conditions that you have to have, it's, it's a pretty narrow window, right? And, you know, when, when prop two was first signed into, into law back, you know, a couple of years ago, there were all these other conditions that got removed. And so people that would have had access to cannabis no longer do. So, you know, if, if there was the case of somebody who has like a little bit of insomnia to have recreational cannabis would be a game changer. Was insomnia one of the the qualifying conditions that they took off? I think yeah, the sleep yeah. sleep disorder, and then there were some other GI issues like IBS was on there. Huh. Um, and I then they, they took those down. off. And and it's our understanding that there's not going to be any discussion about adding conditions this year either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would take a big groundswell of you know public to get any movement on that. But well, I think do that, it. let's change it. Let's we're changing it. Yeah, I think that that's um, that's going to be tough. Did you ever try before you tried THC products? Did you ever try CBD products, CBD alone? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't try anything that was like 
quote unquote pharmaceutical grade. It was, you know, stuff that you'd see online. I would do my research and make sure that it was legit, but I had tried some CBD oil, um, you know, last year just for trying to help with pain and trying to help with sleep. I didn't notice a huge difference. And not only that, it was so expensive that it was, it wasn't really worth it. It was just better just to stay on the sleeping medication that I was on. But now that I have my card, I'm able to buy like CBD flour at the pharmacy and CBD flour actually works really well for me as well. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, we were talking to Mike Rodriguez a couple of weeks ago at uh, premium hemp growers. Mm-hmm. And although there's some proc, there's some way they can use like a waste, the waste from what he does and get it into the dispensaries. But mm-hmm. I've heard you're the second person I've heard that can actually find some hemp flour, some yeah. smokable hemp flour at the, at the dispensaries. And for those of you who don't really know what that is, that's, that's flour that, that has less than 0.3% THC. Have you ever mixed it, Kenyon, with like, you mix it with your, with your regular THC, high THC flour? Yeah. I usually, um, usually whenever I use my vaporizer, I'll usually do like a a one-to-one mix. So one part CBD to one part THC. And I find that that honestly, as far as like pain goes and kind of any anxiety that I may have, it kind of just evens me out. I'm not in any pain and I can function and I'm not too out of it for lack of a better word. I'll have to try that sometime. Yeah. I haven't ever tried it, but, but I've, you're building your own, you're building your own medicine there. You right. know, you're building your own experience. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. That would be interesting to have, you know, four or five jars on your countertop and you know, this one's high CBD, this one's high right. CBG, this one's high CBN. I need this exactly. for sleep. I'm going to mix all of this with pink starburst petrol or whatever. Exactly. And I mean, the fun thing is, is there's, there's so many different strains of, uh, of CBD flower out there too, that has different terpenes in it and different effects that it'll, that it'll do similar to THC. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't talked to anybody who's using like vaping hemp flower. Yeah. It's, it's a whole nother world. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like a lot of people, they just, they go straight to THC because it's it's been illegal for so long, but I kind of took the approach of, you know, and I, when I first got my card, I did nothing but research for like two months, making sure that I got the best vaporizer, that I got the best this, that, and whatever. Cause I wanted to make sure with all the health problems that I had had, that that wasn't going to be an issue. And a lot of the stuff that I saw was that a lot of people said that they had really good um, experiences with a one-to-one ratio of CBD to THC. And so I tried it and I, it's just stuck ever since to give that a whirl. Yeah. Yeah. We always talk about it with oral medications, right? All the teachers have one to one, one to five, 20 to one, whatever. And, and yet the flower doesn't have that. Um, You have to kind of build your own. Yeah. Build your own teddy bear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know like I've seen a couple of strains at uh, back in the summer, there was a strain at dragonfly that was pretty close to a one-to-one mix, like just on its own. Um, that sold out so fast. I, you know, I couldn't make it up there in time to try that, but yeah, I mean, I'll buy, I'll buy a jar of, of CBD flour and a jar of, uh, just regular flour and, uh, I'll grind up just as much as I need for like that one time use. I won't grind it all up at once. And then I just kind of mix it just eyeball, you know, that looks about proportional kind of a thing and then just go from there. How much is the CBD or the hemp flour? Uh, usually it's like 30 to 35 a, a jar. So for an eighth, it's about 30 to 35. 
there's probably nobody, Chris, buying that except for people who are who are smoking it or vaping it. I haven't heard of anybody making their you know making their own tinctures with CBD flour. Right. <laughs> I wonder how that would work out, especially now that we got that Levo. I know. I been, well, I've got to see that thing in yeah. action. No, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. You guys it's, have one of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, we just got one. We just got right. one and uh, trying out different things and, you know, nothing nothing like mind-blowing yet. You know, we're still trying right. to figure it out, but... Uh, yeah, I think cooking with cool. cannabis is, like, it's it, it's an art oh, for yeah. sure. There's some calculators online that'll tell you, uh, I guess, how much, you know, you, you can put in all the, the variables and you can tell how much THC is in your you know, your uh, quarter cup of oil, you know, so you get your dosing down. Right. I'm, I'm fascinated with this, this topic of you, you know, you and you're married and you were, you were here in Utah, you're in Utah County, you're a new cannabis medical or a medical cannabis patient. You know, the fact that you seem to have had a very good experience so far, you know, is your, your family's been pretty supportive, your friends and everything. Yeah. I mean, at first, my family, um, I think more so my mom was kind of uh, was kind of apprehensive at first, just kind of this whole, you know, she she was raised in the era of, oh, you know, those those kids that smoke marijuana, they're just the potheads. They're the they're the stoners that don't do anything in life. And, uh, you know, she didn't she didn't want me to be that. And then once I basically I sent her like a whole list of articles for her to read just to show her that, no, this is actually a legitimate thing that's going to help me. And I hadn't told her that I had already been using it for a certain period of time. <laughs> right. um, but uh, is she going to listen to this? Does she know that you were using it before she told you? Or not, you told yeah, her? no. Before before I told her, I I had already been using it for about a month before I told her. I mean, now obviously she knows, and if she doesn't, sure, then sure. when she listens to this podcast, she will. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> it's all legit. Trust us. Exactly. But I mean, you know, I you know, my family and, and all that stuff, they've been, they've been super supportive and they've, they've seen the way that, you know, before I was on cannabis, I was basically a hermit. You know, I, I never felt good enough to go and, you know, bless my wife. She would always have to make excuses for me whenever we would do family events and they would ask, Oh, where's Kenyon? And it would be, you know, he's homesick. And now it's gotten to the point where, luckily that's, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, I'm able to, to be with her. I'm able to be with my family, my friends, and I'm able to be back to the way I was when I was in high school. That is so rad. Yeah. You probably had an amazing, an amazing summer because of that. Yes. You know, this was probably such a different summer than the last few summers. Big uh, time. Get out and enjoy life, man. That's, that's what I like to see with, with, uh, with cannabis. Definitely. Absolutely. Any Absolute other questions you want to ask him, Tim, or talk to him about, or. No, I don't think so. I think we ought to wrap this uh, this episode up, Chris. Yeah, or Kenyon, was there anything you were hoping we would talk about or anything that you were you were wanting to say? No, I mean, I think, you know, like we said, just just trying to get rid of that that stigma of, you know, of cannabis use and, you know, especially in Utah where being a member of the church, I see, you know, the influence that the church has and especially on the members and just getting people to understand that it's not bad. And, you know, so long as you use it responsibly, then there's, there's no harm there. It's basically like any other prescription. Now in your on Instagram, beehive cannabis culture, that's your Instagram handle. Yes, sir. And I'll tell everybody, boom, go follow him and connect with him and send him a message. Say, Hey, I heard you on Utah in the weeds. Yes, sir. And, uh, Tim, 
if people want to get their their uh, cannabis cards, their medical cannabis cards, where can they go for that? Yeah, utahmarijuana.org. And we, we've got a pretty good system now. We're, we're dialing it dialing it in. Um, it's not quite as chaotic as when Kenyon saw me, <laughs> right? Nah, you guys <laughs> it's were awesome. Good, it's good education and gets you all the way through the system. But utahmarijuana.org, look for our billboards too to come up soon on the, uh, you know, around town. And uh, how about you, Chris? Uh, go ahead and subscribe to my other podcast, I Am Salt Lake Podcast, IamSaltLake.com. And if you've never listened to that and you're coming over from this podcast, shoot me an email because I'd love to know if you're a new listener to uh, I Am Salt Lake and you found it through Utah in the Weeds. I just think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it would. To find out. So, and you can Other subscribe that, to us yeah. on uh, what iTunes, Spotify, and please leave us a review. Yeah, all the podcast outlets, leave us a review. Uh, so, I mean, we'll read it on the podcast, right? How, yeah, how absolutely. Cool and uh, uh-huh. soon to come, we, we, you know, we've talked about doing some other stuff, but uh, yeah, more about that. Yeah, we got, we got some stuff up our sleeves. We're going to be doing some video and, and, uh, and uh, whatnot, but let's not get into that right now. Let's let uh, Kenyon go. Thank you, Kenyon. Yes. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, always down to talk about cannabis in Utah. So we got to spread the word, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, guys. Stay safe out there.